Welcome everyone to the Anthony and Todd Show, a weekly podcast that critiques and memes music. I'm your host, Vincent, aka who the fuck is Vegin? Vegin out. <laughs> Went to the beach, took his beach towel, you know, got some sunscreen on, took a nice little book, and he just vegged out. I hate you. And I'm joined by my every tentacle co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my Druk, Jonathan. FK aka, sorry. Or no FKA aka Bark. <laughs> I think you said that wrong. Does it matter? <laughs> no. This is episode 118 of the Anthony and Todd Show, an episode we would like to call Only Diamonds Cut Lettuce. Yeah, have you ever tried to cut lettuce? Fucking shit's hard. I bet you just give up, you shredded your hands. <laughs> uh, today we're going to the latest projects from FKA Twigs with Magdalene. Magdalene? I always... It's like Mary Magdalene. Yeah, I know. Magdalene. I always say it weird. Like, reading it, it's like dyslexia. It's just like, if I read it... It like doesn't yeah, it's Magdalene. Yeah, Magdalene. Uh, then we have vegan with only diamonds cut diamonds. Then we have Kai Whiston with no world as good as mine and the latest girl band album, The Talkies. The Talkies. It's just it's all audio. There's no picture. Yep. <laughs> Almost like uh, most music. Is this like the straight to CD bullshit again? <laughs> That's kind of what I was trying to allude to. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, time uh, before we start. If you want to follow Anthony and Tacho on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you can find us at Anthony and Todd. And if you want to subscribe to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd Show, patreon.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd Show, if you want to support us monetarily. And uh, if you want to find the show in audio form, you can find us at uh, Google Play or Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify by searching the Anthony and Todd Show. Also, oh, is it a film? It's a thing. Yeah, you can find it. Check it out, please. We have like no followers for that, no. but it makes me sad. Uh, you know what else makes me sad? Validate my degree. Validate my film degree. I think you're the only <laughs> one that can validate your own degree. We both we could have BFAs. They're useless. I don't have my BFA yet. Oh yeah, yours. <laughs> Once I do, I'm going to burn it <laughs> to keep me warm <clears throat> That's in the apocalypse. Pretty much all you can do with a BFA. Time to go over the latest FKA Twigs album. Magdalene. Like Mary Magdalene. Like Mary Mac, Miss Mary Mac. <laughs> Mary Mac Miller. <laughs> no, please stop. Our Lord and Savior. FKA Twigs is an English singer-songwriter and uh, alternative R&B slash avant-pop artist. She's been critically praised for her fusion of genres such as electronica, R&B, and experimental music. Uh, she put out uh, her most notable work is her 2013 EP, EP number two, LP number one in 2014, and 2015's Melissa. Uh, I'm not familiar with FKA Twigs. I don't know Me much neither. about her. This was a good stepping stone into her music. From what I've been hearing, though, this is not this is uh, not her best work. And uh, I'd hope so. With with my own opinion, I think there is uh, some flaws, yeah. obvious flaws that could be more tight and constructed better in the future uh she described the process of making this album as something that helped her find compassion she also was very interested in taking on the characteristics and controversy of mary magdalene uh it's rumored that a lot of this album has to do with her breakup with robert pattinson or a current relationship with shia labeouf wait what yeah that's why she's in the new uh, Honey Boy, oh. that film. She's in that. Wait, what film? Honey Boy. What the fuck is that? It's You haven't heard of that? No. It's a... Uh, Are you sure it's not American Honey? It's, no, I think it's Honey Boy. American Honey was one that had Shia LaBeouf in it. 
This one's like new. Oh, it's new. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. It's I like he. I don't follow. He Shadow wrote Dogs it because oh, then it's gonna be terrible. It's it's apparently or just plagiarized. It's apparently kind of like based on his like childhood and oh, being so like he, child actor. I'm pretty sure he's just gonna plagiarize it again. That's why. <laughs> that's why he usually does. <laughs> I don't know how you manage to plagiarize your old life. Now but we actually. You did. I think now we actually have to do this phrase in a film to see if it's plagiarized yeah well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna know because i i can't read so yeah i know you can't uh this thing has a wide range of producers from fk herself to nick uh notable names like nicholas jar of all people appears on this kenny beats great producer one of tricks point never never jack antonoff benny blanco cashmere cat Soundwave, skrillex and various others are on this the fuck is skrillex doing what the fuck is skrillex doing still making music like Dubstep's dead. I thought he was going to be like one of the four fronters of like the pop infusion of electronic music. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be like way more saturated than he was. Yeah. Because like when he had the collaboration with um, Diplo, the Jack U yeah. thing, I thought it was going to be way more widespread. But it, yeah. it seems like now he's just still making dubstep. Yeah. He just, which is a weird arc. Yeah. Why yeah. is he still, again, why is Skrillex still making music, to be honest? <laughs> That's, that's a serious question. Yeah. You think the path of totality would have killed that career? <laughs> it only made it stronger. Uh, this thing's nine songs, 30 minutes, and it's it's fine. Yeah, there's um, it's very... It sounds beautiful. Like, it's very, like... Yeah, like, it's very hyper, in a sense, at times. Yeah. Like, the drums can very, very uh, totalitarian yeah. and uh, very, like, dominate the mix. Like the path and, of totality? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and uh, they can, like, take up uh, a ton of space. But there's also these, like, gorgeous synths. Yeah. And this huge, like, flowing atmosphere. Very natural-sounding. Mm-hmm. Reminds me a lot of... I, this is a very easy comparison. I'm not the first to make it. But it reminds me a lot of York. Yeah. That's... Some people say that sometimes she sounds way too much like Bjork and kind of takes the twang a little bit too. Yeah, just the awkwardness. It's a little bit. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's like. It's not like it's the, not a super like apt comparison. I feel like it's just like here's two experimental female pop artists who yeah. have semi similar traits. I don't think it's super comparable beyond just the basic categorization of the two. Um. Going over this, she talks about a lot about romance. Yeah. And kind of it seems like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like there's there can be depth to it, but it seems like a lot of this is I don't have problem with her performance. I yeah. think her por- performance can be very charismatic mm-hmm. and bold and beautiful and just this like glimmer of hope in this dark time. But I think her lyricism leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, there's only ever did like just very like small moments very little of this album lyrically had any form of an impact on me yeah and it would just be like something like fallen alien like com- the comparison between like that and fallen angels like oh that's kind of interesting yeah and or like just the the numerous fucking times mary magdalene was mentioned and that was less of a good impact the more of i fucking get it impact <laughs> yeah i so on the track mary magdalene she goes over how she's kind of like can you go over Mary Magdalene? I feel like you have more knowledge of it. I was raised in Christian house because I know very, I know like enough. So <laughs> it's weird. So Mary Magdalene is. It's weird because at one point the Catholic Church would are just like there's too many Marys in the Bible. We're combining a bunch of them together because the Catholic Church was stupid and would do shit like that just to like be less confusing with the Bible. 
I don't want to turn this into like a history of how the Bible was made, but you kind of have to do it a little <laughs> bit in order to explain Mary Magdalene. So, the Christian Bible was not set in stone until about 500 years ago, despite the fact that Christianity has existed for 2,000 years. Do that fucking math real quick. It's, almost, if, it's almost like they made it up. It's almost like they made it up. <laughs> but, basically, for the longest time, like, there is, like, a thousand different, like, Christian denominations within, like, what would eventually become Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And they each had a different Bible. And that, like, there's, like, 12 Gospels, not yeah. the four that we're, like, used to. Like, there's 12 of them. A bunch of other books. So the Catholic Church is like, okay, enough's enough. We're sitting down. We're deciding once and for all which books are and are not going to be canon. And then they're like, okay, this shit, we don't like this shit. We throw it out. This shit, we like this shit. We can use this shit to make money. We keep it. And that's basically just, they sat down 500 years ago. It was like, we have a Bible now. And then eventually they're like, wow, people who aren't paid full time to just study the Bible are getting really confused because there's like five Marys in the New Testament, all surrounding Jesus, his mother, Mary Magdalene, some other Mary, and a couple other ones. And they're like, okay, so let's just combine some of these Marys, obviously not the Virgin Mary, that one has to be separate, but some of these other Marys, we can just kind of combine and say we're one person. So they did that. So... Who's Mary Magdalene? Good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, like a lot of what is like now decided is like this is Mary Magdalene. Also, they did that with Satan. Satan literally, in like the Jewish word for Satan, literally just means enemy, and was used to apply to like a shit ton of different things and a shit ton of different people. And they're like, nah, this is all one dude. <laughs> this is one guy now. He rules hell. Congratulations. That that's what the Catholic Church basically did. Um, and now you know why I'm an atheist. Yeah. Um, so basically, how we kind of just like what we decide is Mary Magdalene is like the the one who was like the prostitute that like Jesus like saved. But like you know he put the line to sand and it was like you who is without sin like cast the first stone shit like that. And then it was like well I'm I got sin so they just kind of all dropped their stones and shit. And then like Mary Magdalene became like this really devout follower. Um, it's questionable if she's the one who wiped his feet with her hair. Um, that's, it's another story, but like, and so like, yeah, the, a lot of Marys were surrounding Jesus and did a lot of shit. So, but basically she was just like one woman who was like in the time, like the lowest of the low because yeah. she's a prostitute and then became like one of Jesus, like closest followers who wasn't one of the 12. Yeah. So basically she come, uh, what FK Twigs is doing on this is trying to be both a uh, prerogative and kind of holy. And yeah. kind of accepting both claims. She doesn't really care what people say about her. But yeah. she's also not doing it in that depth. Yeah, it's also like... <laughs> I think what Jonathan said had more depth than yeah. what the track actually believes. Because it kind of runs on. And, and also, it, like, if you're saying, like, oh, I want to be both. Like, it's ignoring the fact that the whole point of Mary Magdalene was that, like, because of Jesus' love, she, like, left behind the past and went yeah. and became one of his best followers. It's not like she kept being a prostitute. Unless you watch The Last Temptation of Jesus Christ, in which case she did. And also, maybe or maybe not fuck Jesus. But that's also like not canon, so like we don't count it. I no, guess. Mel Gibson's canon in the actual that history wasn't of religion. That oh. was that's passion. Oh. Last Temptation is the one oh. directed by Martin Scorsese, oh, and that yeah. stars Willem Dafoe as <gasps> Jesus. Oh, no, oh, that's the one where no, that's Antichrist where he is. Antichrist is where you can see his penis. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> so many William Dafoe. So many William Dafoes. Yeah. Um, 
He's great. Other other moments on this uh, that I find kind of cheesy, but I can kind of relate to is Fallen Alien talking about how her relationship, she is not of this world, but she finds someone who is and develops a relationship with them and hopes that like his earthling qualities can rub off on her. His normalness can like tie her down, but it really can't because she's not of this world. Yeah. And also, like, why would you want to? Like, in my own personal opinion. Uh, there's moments like uh, Thousand Eyes, which I think is probably probably the most well-established, yeah. still minimal, but well-established idea on here, talking about this relationship in the public eye and how all these eyes are watching her, and it feels like this relationship is, is not intimate. Yeah. It's a very public ordeal. Um, she says she's in this cold place with all those eyes. Uh, home with you, talking about how this person is is not really showing affection, but it's more of like an internal struggle and pain on the inside, mm-hmm. and she's trying to like uh, like atone with them, but it doesn't really. The connection's not really made, and yeah. I feel like this track kind of struggles because I don't understand like the real. I feel like a lot of these tracks kind of struggle in terms of like connecting with me, like yeah. beyond like an aesthetic level yeah and like i feel like that's the main problem with this album is that like this album like sounds beautiful and i enjoy listening to it but it's very clearly trying to connect with me on like an emotional like personal level but like it just doesn't yeah mirror heart talking about how she hopes to find someone in her life that has uh, pretty much a, a reflection of her own heart yeah. um but the only thing i moment i think that stands out completely as just a wealth structured thought out track is cellophane Cellophane's yeah. the most beautiful moment on here. She gives the most passionate performance, the instrumentation. Uh, over the cross this entire thing, it can be minimal at times. Uh, like the track uh, Holy Terrain with Future uh, has like 20 producers on it. Yeah. And it's just simple trap music. So I'm very yeah. confused on what those 20 producers did. <laughs> Literally every single time a snare hit, different producer. <laughs> <laughs> but like going back to that, the, the Holy Terrain, um, her and Future do not make no like they have no chemistry no. they don't like it's it's basically two different performers doing their shit but like there's no melody or like they don't meddle yeah and I, i'll give it a future this is one of his better performances like i don't think he's bad but, I, have, I have no real but like he's not like meshing yeah. at all like he could have just like this track could have been removed yeah completely it seems like a very loose idea of a single and it should have just remained that and not been placed in an album. Yeah. It just it's too different. Yeah. I don't really see the Which point. Which like, like I'm not saying like albums have to like meld and be like same same maybe. But they I at least have to have time, like, like if they have a, a notable contrast, yeah. it has to like serve a purpose. Yeah. And this just seems like just like pop fodder. Yeah. Just like, oh, we need a name on your feature. We need a we need a single we can market. Yeah. Uh so going back to cellophane, the beautiful piano melodies. The fact that it just seems so glistening and glowing. Uh, she's just sc- screeching out her soul and talking about, again, going back to the ideas of Thousand Eyes and talking about this relationship that's kind of in the public eye, talking about how they want to see us alone, they want to see us apart, how these how these uh, fans, these critics want to separate this relationship that's yeah. most probably with her and Ron Prince and, it's, and going into their ideas of what their relationship is about. Yeah, It's also like one of the few times, like, a celebrity who's like saints about like all of their various celebrity romances 
<laughs> Taylor um, yeah. has like actively like dissected how the media actively like fucks with that yeah. concept. Like Taylor, just like she'll like make a song, and then she'll be like complaining about how people are like constantly like judging her beyond it. But like she doesn't really go into depth beyond like y'all being mean. Yeah, and like this is like an actual like this is like they actively are fucking with it because they're constantly like telling us to be apart, be together. They're just kind of in the way. Yeah. This. Keep in mind, uh, or no, some other things I would want. I want like more in-depth production at times. Sometimes it feels a little bit too empty. I like yeah. it. It's beautiful at moments. I think moments like Home With You and Sad Day are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, the vocal effect she uses on Sad Day, where it's like her voice is all crunchy and weird, the, the effect yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. I, don't, I, I think that makes her to be like too artsy. Yeah. It's like too much of a front. And I feel like the writing is the biggest problem because I feel like I just can't connect yeah, and like the moments I do are like flawless, cellophane, mm-hmm. uh, thousand eyes. I think they work really well, but like there's just sometimes the production's off. Sometimes it's just the writing doesn't really accentuate yeah. why she's feeling this way, or really isn't expressive. It's more of just her, and uh, it just seems kind of just lost in yeah. a sense. Nothing adds. That's up. a good word for his album. It just feels lost. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind those scores are futile and meaningless. Right now I'm feeling like a, a six. Yeah, I was thinking, thinking six. There's definitely room to grow. There's a lot of room. I hope that I'm, I want. I kind of want to listen to the previous work and see if it. I'm assuming better. it's better. Yeah, because I've heard a lot of good things. Yeah, I've found like, I've heard a lot about her. Like never like took the time to listen though because I was listening to other things. Yeah, usually punk. Um, so like I imagine like there's something to it. I'm hoping I can find something. It's kind of like with Billie Eilish. Like, I kept hearing about her, and, like, eventually, like, I was able to find what connected with me. And, and it's yeah. Just, yeah. See, the thing with Billie Eilish, though, is all of her previous material was not really was that not good. <laughs> but her, when we, uh, when her when, album when, finally yeah, dropped, it was, when, like, really When good. we all fall asleep, where do we go? That's good. We sleepwalk. We're not baiting you. We're doing this again. No, I hate the old bits. I'm not bringing them back. Bring back the old bits. Are, 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 you, are you a vegetarian? only type of guy do you only eat plants no oh so you're not a vegan <laughs> i'm not a vegan i ain't vegging out <laughs> time to veggies. go over, I hate time to go over the latest vegan album only diamonds cut diamonds but what about obsidian blades <laughs> they could probably also <laughs> cut diamonds <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things probably could cut diamonds no like, diamonds tough as shit like lasers i guess yeah <laughs> Oh shit! Wrong album. Work. Oh, you fucking idiot! <laughs> F- time to go back over. We this were talking FK- about Obsidian Blades. You got distracted. <laughs> you nerd. Well, FKA Twigs does look like a Skyrim quick creature, <laughs> so maybe. I mean, yeah, on that album cover, it's it's got the like the weird like colored eyes that don't make sense and yeah. It, it doesn't look like they used all of their polygons on the face. <laughs> they should have. <laughs> okay. Uh, again, vegan with only diamonds cut diamonds. Uh, there isn't much information on vegan. It kind of came out of the blue recently. A the lot blue of her- God, I like that. I was going. Uh, vegan uh, Jordan Thorn Alley is a London-based producer, and he's probably mostly known for his most recent... recent Born Alley sounds more like the street he would live on than his name, based on the fact he's from London. Doesn't that just sound like a London street? It's like, oh, where are you from? Oh, down there on Born Alley. Why'd I do Irish? Yeah. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> Look, they're both owed by the... They're both part of the UK. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> um, it's white doesn't matter. <laughs> 
he's probably mostly known for his most recent collaboration with JPEG Mafia on the track Nauseous Slush Devilish. And also he's known for the fact that he did programming and drum programming on Frank Ocean's Blonde and Endless. And he's also a co-host on Frank's Beats One radio show. And I think he also did a DJ shit. DJ shit. No, DJ, DJ shit. shit. DJ set at a Prep Plus Frank Ocean's Club that he's putting on occasionally. Hmm. Um, so he's in that pocket of kind of alternative r&b electronica moody what a little bit of glitch hop yeah a little bit of moody ambient space so basically uh, characteristics i would apply to frank ocean and not not this is not like the only branch that does it it's more about the building in the atmosphere yeah is what i really get about it i get a lot of the similarity comparing this to like blonde is just building that brooding emotion Mm -hmm. that's what i really like about this so there's like similarities with that relationship i guess um but there really isn't much known about him. He put out, I think, like a, a 200-track mixtape earlier this year or some ridiculous number of tracks. That's just And he's really just been kind of, like, not noticeable up until yeah. now. It was the JPEG Mafia track that kind of really put him in the public eye. He thought the Micropop album was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's bad. I just think I didn't want to review it. It's, it's only, it's only it's, an it's hour. Not, it wasn't the length. I just, I don't it's think... It's just an hour. No, he has better work, though. We've covered that before, and this is just like a really... The sub- better work is just some of those tracks, but extended and not... No, even. like previous albums. Yeah, like but that's not micro. That's not Jack Stauber's Micropop. That's just Jack Stauber. They're two you. different things. You have to look at them differently. Look, it's like we're not we're not it's like talking out. about the residents, all right? It's like are we talking about like Duckstab residents or commercial album residents or I, our finest flowers residents? I'd rather just talk about this album. Look, you robbed me of a good review. <laughs> I'll never forgive you. Are you not gonna review this album now? No, I'll still review this um, album, but I'm still gonna be pissed at you. So what are the characteristics of quotes besides the emotional broodiness that I was talking about earlier? Uh, one, it has a nice soundscape. Yeah. It develops an atmosphere really well. There's various sounds and audio clips that will play in. There's a huge Aphex Twin influence on some of these tracks, like uh, Thoughts of Offing one, mm-hmm. I think is probably the most notable example. There's that like kind of pseudo- IDM glitchy aesthetic yeah. that Aphex Twin is known for that really shines through in this in parts. Um, it's a nice mix of hip hop, trap, uh, it's also electronica and glitch and like club music. It's a nice blend of everything. It doesn't really stick too much into one genre. It's also very nostalgic. Um, and the synths used really give me uh, like almost a pseudo chip hop chip pop type of vibe chip hop chip hop i forget oh, how it is it but um it it's al- almost like bit pop type of vibe mm. and it also reminds me of characteristics i was really hoping i would find the last anamanaguchi record um that i don't know who the fuck that is you don't know who that is no. you're not missing much oh okay they were like they had like premise but their last album i didn't really care for oh, okay. that much personally um but like it was that Sometimes kind of. Sometimes I feel like you just say words and names and then just to sound the latest, smart. just to sound smart. Latest big dill pickle album. <laughs> um, but like it has that like elements of nostalgia and almost like this idea of like memory. It feels like it doesn't. It feels very like fluid 
dreamlike. Yeah. Uh, again, that emotional broodiness and just like the atmosphere is very solid and eclectic throughout this entire thing. Yeah. I think it's just uh, the features on this thing are just very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not the like the most notable thing. I think the most present one is JPEG Mafia, and it reminds me a lot of JPEG Mafia's last album, All My Hairs Are Corn Balls, because it's very uh, simplistic, yeah. uh, sweet, but he's still like being like really dickish and fun. Yeah, like as you expect, his the loudest personality, the loudest version of himself by far is what he continually presents yeah. of himself. Yeah. Um, and I like the lovely strings at the end of devilish. The, just the do, 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 do. It's just so brilliant mm. and light and boppy and fun. Uh, moments like cowboy all-stars have these weird, like samples of like horses or like Western <laughs> being kind of thrown yeah. in and adds a nice little bit of detail, but also reminds me of like Mario 64, yeah. like the first world. I can't remember what it's called for the life of me, oh, oh, fucking no. but it really I, brings up that like sense of like, a childhood. I only got to play fucking Mario games when I was babysat by my one cousin who had a Nintendo. <laughs> okay. We get it. You're, you're traumatized. I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, it brings back, uh, like, childhood-like memories. It has this adolescentness that I really enjoy, this cheeriness that I really enjoy. Uh, I think I don't owe you anything with... Uh, actually, no, it's you owe me with Retrorex. Retrorex, I don't... He has some accent, or he's foreign. I couldn't really tell what he's saying, but I really like the performance. I thought whatever uh, accent or cadence he uses was really distinct, even though I really couldn't make out what he was saying. Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was like English or like any other language, but I really liked the performance. Don't call me a racist, confusing Britain and Ireland. I don't know what he. I don't. I'm not saying he's anything. I'm just saying I just couldn't understand what it was. I didn't like it. Shame, shame. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like this thing. I like uh, Blue Verb and the ambience that it kind of brings the building of atmosphere and how he replies to that at the end with Blue Verb with Rise yep. and kind of gives this kind of like brackets to put this entire album in this ongoing theme. Yeah, really nice. I thought that was a very good like book ending. Yeah. The way they, he did that. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to say. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I figured this one was going to be one you would talk the most about, so I just kind of sat here to talk. <laughs> I feel like that's where we're going to be on the last one, is reversing that. Yeah. I, I, I like this. I think the only thing I would improve on is uh, not even the track lengths. I think the tracks are kind of short at times, but I really enjoy the fact that they yeah. are. It's kind of on those um, Sawsome Alone moments where like, the tracks are really short, but like even though you don't feel like you're getting like, a full track sometimes, it still works. and that like yeah. it's crazy. I think like, Sawsome Alone did that better it, he did it better but like, but like it's just that's the best comparison like of recent like yeah. memory of like fuck you drop it, your show notes you yeah. loser yeah, fuck you uh-huh. it's where it's just it creates like even though sometimes you feel like you're missing like a full track you don't really mind because it creates this like very eclectic and yeah varied sound yeah it has a nice soundscape that kind of evolves you never get the same thing like twice except for blue verb and blue verb reprise are kind of similar Some, but like for obvious reasons, reasons and yeah. like it helps to bookend the album uh keep in mind those scores are futile meaningless right now phone out eight i really like yeah, this seven, seven and a half to eight yeah i like this uh you know what else i like his name kai is food kai winston <laughs> his name's kai winston and he's an overwatch character <laughs> it's high noon uh kai winston uh time to go over the latest kai winston album winston i always want to say winston <laughs> i do too yeah kai winston album no world as good kai winston checks in <laughs> Kai Winston, no world as good as mine. That just seems it's, arrogant. It's my world. You get your own world, Jonathan. 
Get your own. I'll make my own world of blackjack and hookers. <laughs> uh, Kyle Whiston is a Bristol electronic music producer known for his very saturated, flashy, and experimental style. And he began turning heads in 2018 with his album, Kyle Whiston Bitch. Uh, he put out a... I'm not too familiar with that. I skimmed it when we actually had to go over his last project with Glue, which was his uh, trio with himself, Igloo Ghost, and Bobby. Uh, Which is just an Eagle Ghost album. It essentially was. Yeah. XYZ, the, I think it was an EP mixtape thingy that they dropped earlier this year. And the biggest problem with that is I, I, I know there's like, they're kind of the same Eagle Ghost and Kai, but, but they're it, not, they're not the exact same. No, it doesn't. It's not, they're not so similar that you can't tell them apart. This, that was just an Igloo Ghost album. Yeah. It like, cause EP, they, they have like, whatever. Yeah. they have like the same, like again, same qualities. It's very saturated, Ooh. flashy, experimental. Uh, a lot of clicking. A lot of clicking. Uh, I don't know what else. Uh, try to think of. It's like eating like, like an entire <laughs> Snickers bar in one bite. <laughs> That's the point where I got so much sugar, I'm gonna get diabetes immediately. Yeah. Um, or like what? You ever had one of those chocolate oranges? Do you know what those are? I think I do, but I don't. They're think delicious. Um, fun fact: one, my grandpa, the one I don't like ate like three of those in one setting and this is before he realized he was diabetic and like put himself in like a mini coma <laughs> uh moving forward on this new kai whiston project uh kai whiston goes for a new style getting live recorded instrumentation and messing around with the ideas of experimental noise rock and avant-garde electronic fusion so like essentially just taking into a new terrain yeah. um but the interesting thing is that this while this is new terrain, it still feels very atoned to him, which yeah. is nice. But like, even if the, like the flashier elements, like the unreal elements before, now come off as very like there's a world built around him. Yeah, like his he created he established his own reality essentially, which I really enjoy about this. Uh, he spent this seven months in a cabin in Snowdonia crafting Snowdonia. Snowdonia is Snow- it snowy there? I'd hope so. Otherwise, uh, that's false advertising. Uh, he spent seven months in a cabin crafting this album, and this album is partnered with a sixty-page journal documenting the process of recording this album that I have not. Well, I mean, like, I already know. I want to listen. It's better than Logic's book. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to listen to music. I don't want to read music. Yeah. I bet it's probably very informative. I can't process. read music. I don't know how to read sheet music. I just I can't. <laughs> I'm really bad at it. I, I was like supposed to learn when I was like learning the drums, and my drum teacher's like just gave up on me trying to learn. He's like, you're, you're a lost cause. Just, just, just learn how to listen and play it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, so this new album 60 page journal but also 60 minute album uh exactly one album uh, one album yeah exactly one album it's exactly one album long book <laughs> yeah, exactly figure one, out what that means it's exactly one hour long and it has 11 songs and i again i think this is uh grandiose mm-hmm. it's flashy it's very naturalistic in its own surreal way. It's covering this entire like universe. Yeah, I really enjoy it. The mixture of like real instrumentation with like very clear like electronica production is yeah. like beautiful. Yeah, like he doesn't he doesn't like completely drop what he's been doing no. or like even stuff that like was similar to glue. Like he doesn't yeah. drop that because he get moments like guy glider four and uh, uh, run it. Yeah, that are just very flashy mm-hmm. electronic tracks that are just very bold, brilliant up in your face um they don't have the uh natural production or natural 
natural instrumentation that is on this. Like some of the beautiful strings, like on Lovers. Lovers has this fantastic, sharp, score-like strings that are just beautiful. Some of the acoustic guitar, like on tracks, don't need it. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, some of the bass on this, while I think a lot of it's electronic, I think it comes through uh, being punchy but not too punchy. It, it, it levels right in the mix to yeah. where it's it's very low still. It creates a nice bold atmosphere, but there's so much more room for things like synths and drums, and it fits really well in the mix, and I really enjoy it. Uh, it can come through as very uh, funky and funky s like on tracks two, "Beautiful Losers" with Which, Joe. Uh, I. Joe Peterson sounds a fucking lot like Oliver Tree. On oh, is track. that what you're getting? I got Tori Ma. Like when I no, I got like an Oliver Tree, like with like a little bit of um, like a distortion element yeah. thrown onto his voice to the point where because I didn't read the track list before I like listened yeah. to the album, I was like, is this fucking Oliver Tree? I looked it up and I got really disappointed. I, I didn't get that. I got like more of a kind of frail, uh, nasally Tori Ma type presence. It's like a very chill step, uh, slow electronica indie rock type styling um but yeah that what's great about the track is like the bass is there and it's funky it's groovy but it doesn't take up the space it's the sense yeah like the unnatural part that comes through as the most like sharp and grooviest and it's very flowing and very yeah. catchy um just because you thought he was oliver tree i bet you think he was still good but, well yeah 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 because i like oliver <laughs> tree i feel like we've established this at this point yeah i just wanted to clear <laughs> yeah. that up no i thought i liked it because I thought it was Oliver Tree. Yeah. That word was Oliver Tree, and I was disappointed by still. <laughs> um, moments like uh, Don't Need It and Run It uh, emphasize how this thing has kind of like, it has full verses, mm-hmm. but it, they don't really matter. Yeah. I, it's like, I think the lyricism is more of a thing that expresses emotion, or it's more about the product, or not the production, the performance than it is actually what he's saying. Because sometimes, he's like on Run It, he's buried in that mix so deep. Yeah. It's more about just like the general atmosphere of how he's playing into it. And that's Kai Wisdom himself. He, he's, he does some vocals on here sometimes, and he's really decent. Yeah. Um, I find him really interesting. On Don't Need It, he has this very uh, like modern, contemporary emo rap performance that brings in this moodiness to the track. Um, it also brings in a lot of like sadness, and I think one of the great things about this album is that it, you get these samples that talk about, I think I, I may write somewhere that this is his grandpa, I'm probably completely wrong about this, but there's these very like vocal snippets at the ends of, it's on the fall in your hands and a couple of their tracks, and No World and The Closer, where the guy goes, No World as good as mine, and then he progresses later, No World as fucked up as mine, and he's saying this, like a ton of these other expletives and weird mm. statements following it, yeah. kind of showing this very like depth-filled world, and I get the, a lot of the ideas of, this world is imperfect. Yeah. He's showcasing not just like how epic and amazing his world is, but also like a lot of the darkness mm-hmm. and a lot of the pain. And like you even get that in the beginning, like fall in your hands is like this very beautiful, like it starts with this like very beautiful instrumentation as the song progresses. It slowly turns into this kind of like dark, oppressive surrealism. Yeah. It's like it, part of it reminded me of like a David Lynch, like soundtrack, not yeah. like one of the albums he'd make, but like a soundtrack he'd put in one of his films. Yeah. To the point where when I listened to this album with Max, she even like stopped. I was like, are we listening to a David Lynch fan right now? I was like, no. Well, I was like, it's yeah. just, but it's very like weird in how it starts with the, cause like it kind of encompasses like what you're saying about the whole album. I was like, it's very beautiful, but like underneath it, there's this like darkness. It's yeah. like kind of just there. Yeah. Moments like I hear chop snares in the willow trees. It's him in this void. Essentially. Yeah. He's just buried in it. 
and it's just a lot of pain and things going rolling through things uh, tracks like things you bury in the beginning of no world yeah. emphasize that darkness at yeah. the end um no world reminds me a lot of uh, of a, a post rocky track yeah. similar to swans i'm gonna say it reminds me a lot of the swans album reviewed two weeks ago or whatever yeah um i mean not just that like length but the, like also yeah, sound. the brooding atmosphere yeah. and things like yeah. of that nature uh how the length the composition the creates this the warmth to yeah. it but also like the the darkness that's that's like the warm like the one light in the middle of darkness yeah. yeah it's just how it creates is like slowly building like just oppressive atmosphere that like whereas like most swans albums it's like you yeah, overwhelms this one's like more comforting yeah but, like still dark and it's still kind of i like i like the track um but i think the biggest problem i have with this album is uh it's an hour I think the last track goes on a little too long. It's 13 minutes. All the other tracks are around like four to five minutes. Yeah, that was the main thing but that like, threw me off is just how suddenly it got like this huge length track. It changes a lot, but yeah. it's, it's just, I think he tapped out a lot yeah. of the ideas. Um, that's the biggest problem I have. Yeah, I think it could have shortened that album, kept the progression element, just speed up how much it progressed and how quickly it did it. Yeah. Like, that's that's the only thing I yeah. have a problem with. Uh, going back to Lovers, because I absolutely love that track. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Silver My Zion in their first record. A lot of the kind of contemporary uh, classical music that was portrayed on that. And the, the kind of like the tight atmosphere that was on that too yeah. really portrays itself on this. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. I think this is fantastic. Great. He, he sets a very bold character and he challenges himself a lot. Um and that's really it. It's I great. think this is fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, keep in mind that all squares are futile and meaningless. Right now, I'm filling out eight plus. Yeah, eight, eight and a half. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I hope he challenges himself more like this in the future. I bet this yeah. was a very hard album to make, but in the end, I think a lot of the pain it's he put. Worth through, it. I think a lot of the pain he put through himself through was worth it. Yeah. Um, artistically the, the, speaking, the, the artistically speaking, the challenges he presented himself with uh, live instrumentation mm-hmm. and creating like almost a natural world really worked out and i think he i i think it i hope he challenges himself in the future this was this reminds me a lot of igloo ghost um neo wax bloom in the sense where that was like his big record yeah that was his like thing that showcased him as like this next huge artist in electronic and i think this is going to do the same thing for kai whiston because he while he did have kai whiston bitch um he didn't have like it, it didn't get as big as a fall no. And I hope this really does yeah. make for him because I really enjoy it. Um, that was a lot of talking. Yeah, <laughs> almost like it. We're in a talkie. In a talkie. Are all films nowadays talkies? Technically, yeah. yeah. Unless it's like the artist, the artist, or some other <laughs> bullshit where they're purposely trying to make a silent film. Yeah. Time to go over the latest girl band album, The, the talkies. talkies. That was too in sync. I didn't like that. Okay, let's try it again. The, the talkie. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You, you do the intro. I'll do this. Uh, girl band is a noise punk slash post punk slash art punk slash just noise noise punk. noise punk noise. They're just a noise band. They're noise. They're noisy as fuck. They just they just go like. Then that's an Aphex Twin. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're from Dublin, um, which is in Britain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dublin's in Ireland. Yeah. Um, they were formed in 2011 by vocalist Dara Keeley, guitarist Alan Duggan. Bassist Daniel Fox and drummer Adam Faulkner. Uh, Dara, Alan, and Daniel were formerly a part of uh, the band called Harrow's, which they describe as a shit version of The Strokes. <laughs> this isn't important. I just found that hilarious, so I felt the need to include it. Um, 
because I've never heard anything by the Harrows. I just love that that line <laughs> that they did. Um, they released their debut single "In My Head" in 2012. Uh, this is followed by their first EP, "France '98," and a cover of techno artist Blawin's "Why They Hide Their Bodies Under My Garage." Um, they work very heavily with videographer and director Bob Gallagher for their music videos, creating these just fucking weird, very off kilter at times. Are they good? I haven't They're seen good. Any of the music They're good. They're pretty fucked up usually. Okay. And the reason I was so insistent on including the mention of the why they hide their bodies under my garage is when they made the music video for said track. They like weren't able to be there during like the filming or the editing, but like they came back and like Bob was like, "Here's a cut of it." And their one comment was. Can you put more cock? Like, they literally just wanted more penis. <laughs> and I just find that funny. I'm like, this band is, like, hilarious. Um, pretty much every time, like, I read an interview with them, they just seem very, like, genuine and down-to-earth and funny, but, like, in the way that, like... Lovingly dickish. Lovingly dickish. Like a Conan O'Brien like, A Conan O'Brien to the... But also, like, lovingly, like, in a way it's, like, they're not all there you can kind of tell and they talk about how like most of these like um songs are based come out of um the lead vocalist there is like mental instability and like just kind of the, the fucked up things that come out of his brain and like it's one of those like yeah you can tell like they're not all there and they're a little like messed up but like they're not bad people yeah. they're very like genuine good people who just have some things that they're trying to work through yeah and they're just they seem like great guys um they did get some shit for naming themselves girl bands there was like a time when like a lot of the bands all brand were getting like shit for like some of the name choices um they received controversy because they're all dudes and they named yeah. themselves girl brand slaves that we yeah uh, covered got controversy because they named some slaves and they're white and they're like, we we weren't saying it's like a like a race slave. We're talking like a capitalist slave. Like everybody is a slave in a capitalist society. Yeah. But like that's off topic. But basically, um, they released um, their debut album, Holding Hands of Jamie. Um, Jamie Stewart. I, I, fucking maybe. <laughs> um, after signing with Rough Trade Records, that was released to in their country, huge acclaim. Um, tons of critical praise. And then they disappeared for four years. They're like, yeah, fuck it, we're going on hiatus now. Um, then they came back and they released their second album, which is The Talkies. Uh, so my knowledge of what I read, I forget where I read this, I wish I could quote it, but um, they described it as before, like their work was like a tone to like silent film in a sense. Yeah. They were giving it the characteristic. And now since they have a larger budget, it's essentially just like a new dimension. Yeah. And you can feel it. Um, comparing to like some of their older music to this um, album, this album has like a whole another level of like just overwhelming sound. Yeah. Like, Compar I don't know how you comparing it to, is this like a comparison to like daughters and like how much they changed? <clears throat> It, yes and no. Yeah. Daughters was much more drastic. They yeah. went from like a much heavier production to where like their noise was like in your face to then like very moody and existential. This went from like in your face to in your face, but also up your ass <laughs> and in your armpit, just completely overwhelming you. Like they like all of them like at once like dogpiled. You. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know how you listen to this, but I listened to it, like, I had, like, speakers, like, all around me, and it helped a lot, because tracks like Shoulder Blades and um, Couchcomber and Ibophobia, 
the bass in this, it literally felt like I was just like pinned in by like the yeah. sound and the noise. Like yeah. I was just completely overwhelmed. It's a lot of by the distortion it. pedals that make this great. Yeah. And uh, the best thing, I, the thing I can give the band the most credit on this is this. Uh, I love the texture. Yeah, it has a very depth of texture. It's not just void. It's or like a warehouse setting. Or like huge echoey spaces. No, it's like how the strumming is, how how fragmented the guitars or the bass feels, how like it feels like the environment around you is just crumbling. It has a ton of depth to it, and it's not all full floors. Yeah. Um, because I think it starts off like prolix, yeah, maybe, but like going nowhere isn't in that same yeah. position. It's more like a, a a more traditional punk track, I would mm. say, compared to like a noise punk track. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like this thing does texture uh, to the so. wall, and it's fantastic. I, I I hate when artists try to create an atmosphere, but they don't uh, they don't delve into it or like yeah. the mechanisms of how it can be changed and uh, how it can be fragmented over time. And that's what I really like about this is it just feels like there's, there's very attention to detail of how it how it feels. Yeah, there's so like m many layers of sound, and every single one of them is like given like the focus it deserves to create this like perfectly rich and like perfectly mixed textured yeah. album. And then lyrically, like it's just it's surrealism shit. Um, that's what uh, I'm you say, sir. I think I get it's it. a mixture of like absurdism and surrealism. I would get more absurdism but, like, because uh, the biggest critique I could probably give this album is I don't hate the lyricism. Yeah. I just think sometimes it's just, I, I don't understand it. Yeah. And while you get metaphors like get in bed with Ernie and Bert, I don't know what it means. It's funny. I think he has a. I think um, what's his name? Dara Keeley has very good performance. Mm -hmm. He has depth. He there's times where he's just breathing heavily there's times where he's just full-on screaming nonsense uh he's having fun with the music yeah. he's having fun with his performance and he's very notable part mm -hmm. about this group this group all clicks together really well and the thing i can just give flack to is that i just think sometimes it's just i don't understand yeah it's not bad i just it's, don't get it it's not bad i when i was doing this and like going through like each track hours times where i had to like google like words so i could make sure that i was knowing like the meaning behind it and then what it like relates to and so like you get things like prolix which is a joke because prolix means that you're using too many words and it's a wordless track <laughs> um the only sound that you can hear from a vocalist is um the actual vocalist there breathing really yeah. heavily which was recorded with him just having a panic attack and they just recorded the sound of oh, him having a panic nice. attack <laughs> yeah um, you get tracks like Going Norway, which like the track title doesn't make a lot of sense because it all like references like medicine and medicine balls. But then like Norway is kind of like well known at this point for being one of the places that allows for like medically assisted suicide. And a lot of people will just go to Norway for that. I, I, I got a different translation of the track because it brings up the idea of what is it like penny apple table. Yeah. The, the trick psychiatrists do to make sure like you, yeah. you can remember things mm -hmm. in the correct order. And uh, I thought uh, the track seemed to me more about like trying to find your own existence yeah. or trying to like find stability in that or like remember that you like the idea of just like remembering yeah. or just like the process of it is kind of what I got out of it. But it's also one of the moments where I don't. Yeah, it's it's I could a, be completely wrong. It's like all over the place, like on a lot of it. But then you have like some things that like give you like a little easier, like shoulder blades. 
which has a ton of references to Ed Mordecai, I think is how you pronounce it. He's an urban legend. Yeah, he was like an urban legend. He was like said to have like a second face on the back of his head um, near his shoulder blades who would have like always the opposite expression of his and would always seem to be in the exact opposite. And there's a lot of talk about being like two-faced. There's talk about two-faced, but also the idea of putting a hat on and how that's not going to help. Yeah, and like the idea (laughs) of like trying to cover up like your actual like nature and like things like that. And you have like the lines like feels like a chicken or feel like a chicken and you act like a cock. Yeah. Um, which is like a really, I just, I love that line. Yeah. Uh, the most interesting lyricism, uh, lyricism by far. I, I think also in the most fun and just absurd and like kind of nasty, uh, couch come over, <laughs> which, uh, talks about public this, masturbation. Uh, yeah, that, but it's also this guy in the sauna getting aroused and it goes in like grilling detail yeah. about it. It's just very uncomfortable. And like, it's so weird because like, it's like, it's not just like a sauna, it's like a hot topic sauna, which I don't even know what the fuck that would be. And it's just like this weird fan of, like basically just gross display of like public arousal yeah like, public masturbation it's just it's not supposed to be a pleasant yeah but, like it's it's uncomfortable lyrically but i really enjoy that it is yeah. um because it, it's it's very timely because we have a lot of these perverts yeah. uh, some even hold public office yeah. i don't know if you know this uh, a lot of them do actually but it, it feels like yeah it, it's a very interesting character moment on here it's one of the mo- moments where you're like okay i could consolidate what he's saying and it, it it's it's weird but it's the right amount of weird and like some, yeah yeah it's like sometimes i feel like it's it's interesting to go off these like non uh like almost non-existent gibberish uh tourniquets or whatever these yeah. non-existent gibberish turns but like mm-hmm. sometimes it's nice to have like a little bit of like understanding of what, what it means yeah. and then sometimes they don't even give a shit you get tracks like ibophobia which is means the it's a fake uh, phobia but means the fear of palindromes and every line is just a palindrome just because at that point fucking why not <laughs> it has like such great ones as acrobat stab orca do geese see god <laughs> do geese see god uh, yeah, untitled goose game <laughs> that is the eye of god <laughs> um yeah i and uh, I think around this point, this is where I kind of lost focus of what, like, I didn't, I had a hard time understanding what it was going for. I think it was way more dynamic in the yeah. second half than it is the first. But Musically, I, I think, it's solid all the way throughout, and eventually you just kind of... I think it improves on yeah. the second half. Um, like, not to say it was bad yeah. to begin with, but I think it gets better. But, like, I think it just, lyrically, I just, I don't understand there's a point where you just like either give up or you you've gone so deep trying to figure this out that you might as well just like why is it the talk about is the track salmon and knowledge where he talks about the fish face i just remember talking about fish face yeah a lot (laughs) i just don't understand it salmon knowledge is a weird track for me because like while it's like weird and like very bizarre lyricism it sounds very much like a swans track i didn't get that like not like from their last album no I, I, i still didn't like like vocally, especially. Oh, okay. But like, it's kind of like, especially vocals, and it sounds like um, not like the tracks before their last song. I'd say like their mid range when they're yeah. transitioning from like their earliest shit to like that trilogy. Yeah. It's just it's it's a weird thing because it just it doesn't sound like a girl band track as much as it sounds like a girl band playing the Swans. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I, I think it's very hectic, dynamic. It's fun. Uh, he, there, even though like I don't understand the gibberish that's being said on the second half, I think it's very entertaining, and I think it still has this weird absurdist twist to it, where it just comes off as this like very manic, threatening style, which is very abrasive, mm-hmm. and also really like interesting. 
Um, this thing has a lot of texture, a lot of dynamics. Uh, filtering throughout this entire thing is good. The, the distortion throughout this entire thing is good. It doesn't feel like too much. If it's very, it's big, but it's not like, it's not like um. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's big, but it's not, like, blown out. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, it's weird, like, how bassy this album was. Like, I, I don't think I've ever, it, like, overwent or, like, started peaking or, like... Yeah. Distorting because of, like, the bass going too far. Yeah. It's it's a lot, but it's not too much. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so perfectly, like, balanced. Yeah. With itself. And a lot of that has to do with, like, the texture and the dynamics yeah. moving forward and making each track a different composition and compositionally feel like a different texture. Mm. Uh, keep in mind all scores for you telling me this right now. I feel like a eight. I really liked it. It's like a nine. I liked for it. For me, nine and a half. It's really good. I love noise music. We don't get a lot of like really thoroughly solid, pure noise music albums. There's always like, oh, we're, we're noise punk, but we're more punk than noise. I can make you some noise music. No. Stop. And or you get like so yeah, like this is like this is this year's like really solid noise album. Last year's was Daughters. This is this year's girl band. Yeah. Uh and that's it for this week's episode of the Anthony and Todd Show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can find us at Anthony Todd. If you want to find us YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the Anthony Todd Show. Patreon, if you want to support us monetarily, patreon.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd Show. And uh find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and Spotify by searching the Anthony and Todd Show. And until next time, guys, I'm Vincent. I'm Jonathan. And see you, boys. <laughs>